in 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory. At the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Dan Bayliss. Hello Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello. It is a weird podcast and it's something similar to what we've been doing this season is that we have an incredible result in the one game and then brought back crashing down to earth in the second game, we will start with Tottenham. We'll do it in chronological, chronic, chronological That's order. That's easy for you to easy say. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll start with Dan. He was there in the uh, in the posh bit, weren't you, Dan? No, I was in the away end. Oh, were you? Yeah. What? <laughs> what was the atmosphere like? What was the game like? Uh, well, I drove there whilst having the shits. So, <laughs> two and a half hours. And I had to stop every 25 minutes, which was nice. magic. And then when we scored the second, a little bit actually nipped out. Um, but I'm not even, I'm not even embarrassed because it was class um, <laughs> well it's class that you <laughs> yourself it was a good game <laughs> a bit of both um, it was brilliant it's one of the best Wolves performances I think I've ever watched I think the way we controlled the game in the second half was absolutely phenomenal we got the ball wide we attacked with pace I think Trippier Trippier is one of my favourite players and we gave him loads of trouble it was a joy to watch for more than 45 minutes as well because even though Tottenham had chances in the first half I thought we were pretty tight the goal there's a bit of a bit about it I think Cav was um, blocked off in the middle of the park um, and it would have been a soft foul but it probably should have been a foul and Kane scores an absolute bit of a worldie and then we still bounced back really well it was just exceptional all round Harry, it was one of those where the team came out and I think I was the first to say, I don't like that team. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? A uh, bit of a shock to the team, but there's been a lot of shocks lately. So, But like Bailey just said there, after the first half, I was uh, happy that we were only 1-0 down. I thought Spurs could have had a couple, but I believe Cav got fouled, like Bailey said. And then second half was just incredible from about 70 minutes on. And uh, what a what a result. What a great tactics! As we as we know, people come at us. We're smashing on the break. We've got good players that can do that. And I thought it was lovely to see Costa kind of back to his old self with that finish. It was a great great finish for the third. Jack Ruben Neves, Den Donker, and Cavalera were introduced into that starting eleven, meaning that Martinho, Sace, and Gibbs White would drop. We said on the podcast before that that it was re- going to be really difficult to drop Sace, but he did. Yeah, and. When we were talking in the group before the game, we both thought that it was very harsh on dropping him. And also to start Den Donker for his first uh, his first start in the Premier League in a game like that, that just uh, it seemed, seemed very brave, to be honest. And we were all sort of uh, scratching our heads to, to figure out why. But, you know, it, it, worked out, it worked out well in the end. So that's why Nuno gets paid to make his decisions and we don't. I thought first half, we, yeah, we did well to contain them. I was impressed seeing the stats that we, you know, they only really 
we limited them to shots just outside the area, which is really good against a team, attacking team like Spurs. I did sort of worry every time they ran at us in the first half, they looked dangerous. And at halftime, I didn't see that return around coming. But my God, second half, we were a different outfit. We were brilliant. We honestly are a second half team. And it, it was it was an absolute pleasure to watch. And yeah, one of the one of the best Wolves performances of the season so far, if not the best. Bailey, you wouldn't be for, you'd be forgiven for saying that you'd be surprised that Traore started that game and you put most of your money on him being dropped because I think we all picked that he would be. Were you surprised to see him start and how do you reckon he fared against Tottenham? I thought he had a good game. He wasn't too bad. It was a bit of it was a bit of a weird one. I sort of tried to watch him a little bit more closely actually because we'd been chatting about it between ourselves and the group. He he doesn't judge every run that he wants to make. He was frustrating to watch. He made a couple of cock-ups, but on the whole, I thought he performed really well. He held the ball up. He made a couple of really good runs, made a couple of really good foul, made a really, you know, gained some fouls in the middle of the park. Overall, I think he had a good day. I, it's Dendonka who impressed me more than anyone, to be perfectly honest. I thought he was really strong in the middle. Harry, someone like Harry Kane, prolific league's top goal scorer, Tottenham's all-time leading goal scorer. He scored a wonderful goal, didn't he? But then he was sort of kept quiet by that back three, didn't even have a touch in the Wolves box in that second half. Yeah, I thought you got to give credit to our defence. Like, I think it, they helped us a bit. Like, yeah, I think Baddies mentioned about the shots outside the box that we limited them to. And it was quite easy for our boys to defend against. So, yeah, Harry Kane, um, obviously he's always going to be a threat as he showed with his goal. But I think Mitrovic gave our back line more problems than Kane did, to be honest. So, fair play to our defence that held us in the game, ready for us to get that really good comeback at the end. Even though we were so good going forward in that second half, my man of the match by some margin, is Bennett. Did not put a foot wrong 90 minutes. Absolutely brilliant. Jack, would you second that? Um, it's hard to pick It's hard to pick just one. I thought Jimenez was very good. I think Willy Bolly, actually, was probably the standout defender from that from that game, which is, a, a, I know it's really hard, as you said earlier, to do this after the sharp contrast of, of uh, how we played last night, which I thought was very poor. Um, so it's it really is just a turnaround in you know in three or four days. It's just it's just miraculous. But I thought yeah, I thought Willie Bolly was probably the outstanding player for me. Obviously, he took his goal while well, which got us back into the game and looked very cool and calm and kept as I said kept a, one of the best attacking teams in the league. Who you know before lead up to the game, suddenly everyone was jumping on the Spurs bandwagon saying oh you know they are in a title title race they you know they. They can win this. They are still in it. It's not just a two-horse race. And then we brought them crashing down to earth. We did literally about three days of all those stories breaking. So, you know, it's it was brilliant. It's the fastest title challenge ever, Jack. <laughs> it was a title challenge from the 21st of December to about the 30th of December. <laughs> Harry, did your solo watch along as well? And the reactions to the goals are absolutely brilliant. And I think you're flying first class to Mexico now, thanks to Raul Jimenez. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they love him, don't they? The Mexicans. They're all in the chat saying that uh, I've got to fly to Mexico if he scores, and he did. So um, I'm a man of my word, I'll have to fly there one day. <laughs> <laughs> First class. Better get yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Bayliss, you've had your standout player. Jack, you've, you've said yours. So, Harry, I've got to ask you the same question. I'm going to go with Jimenez. I thought he was brilliant, and he took his goal really well. The way he shot really early, straight through the player's legs into the bottom corner. And I loved his celebration, the way he took his top off and showed the badge, the front of the shirt to the uh, away end. I thought that was class. He's a team player, isn't he? And uh, a gesture like that just shows it. Yeah, because I think they were comparing him with pictures of Messi and Ronaldo who were holding their shirts up with their names on the, the names, front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference. Obviously, something that Morgan Gibbs-White did when he won the World Cup with the under-17s, they all did sort of look at me. I'm only 17, <laughs> come and get me. I spoke to some Tottenham fans who I knew and they said it was absolute classic Spursy. They call it this thing Spursy. Every now and again, they'll just completely flop, turn off and not do anything. And I think it bridges quite nicely into what we did against Palace. Absolutely. We had Spursy against Palace. We did the classic, oh, we're good, we're playing really wet, oh, fuck. <laughs> Pretty much. Is there is there anything that we want to say on Tottenham? Uh, just one last thing. Uh, when Doherty played Costa in for, for his goal, which, you know, in the end was a really great finish. I honestly, I did, didn't think he was going to score. I thought I thought he ran, Normally, he ran past yeah. it, particularly with the efforts he's had uh, in recent in recent weeks when he's put it in the top of the South Bank. Even when he was through on goal, I thought first touch, okay, good, really well. He's got to hit it. He's got to hit it. He's got to miss. He's going to, oh my god, he scored! He likes it. It was, it was it was a cool, calm finish that I just wasn't expecting. I was expecting to either hit it really hard straight at the keeper or into the stand. And so, fair play to him for taking it. 
Brilliant. Also, it was nice to score off a corner. I remember the other week saying that we never score off corners, and it was nice to get that little uh, uh, thing off our back. It was a great header. Should have scored it? off a corner last night as well, which is just yeah, the contrast, well. isn't it? <laughs> he had a free <laughs> header volley in the first half that he just fluffed. And um, yeah. Anyway, can I also thank Haringey Council for the sixty uh, pound parking fine that I got as well? Cheers, thank you. <laughs> what, what happened? Where did you park on the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just parked on some road near a tube station. Everyone else apart, there are loads of Tottenham fans. I reckon he spotted my hat. <laughs> what, so you, they, just, they just gave a ticket to you? Yeah, honestly, I got back. There were four oh, cars parked in a row on single park? yellows. And I had a ticket. No one else did. He's <laughs> supposed to park on single yellows. I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's probably why you Otherwise got a Otherwise they wouldn't be there, there, would they? <laughs> so Wolves were not the only ones to get three points that day. <laughs> hey! hey. Are, uh, are, you, are you appealing, Dan? He's appealing to absolutely nobody. Uh, yes, I am appealing. We'll move on then to Crystal Palace. So what a contrast it was, Harry, from going to that brilliant uh, performance at Wembley against Tottenham and then all of a sudden it's, like Bayliss mentioned, a little bit of Spursy. Yeah, and we did our preview on Facebook before it and I did say Palace had gone and beat City. Hopefully we don't just turn up and think we're going to win and I hope Palace don't just sit back in a solid because we know we'll struggle against that. And pretty much that's what happened. Roy Hodgson is renowned to set teams up solidly. He did last night. He set Palace up really well and we had no answers. We couldn't get through them and then nothing happened, did it really? There's the odd few chances and they get their goal and then they get the penalty and it, we didn't deserve anything out of that game. We were terrible. The fans were flat, really bad atmosphere. I know it's the 2nd of January and people are just back at work, but it's, we can't keep turning up against teams like this and thinking we're just going to win. It was so flat and if we want to progress and get where we wanted to be, challenging for Europe in a few years, we've got to change our mentality with games like this. I've seen so many comments on social media saying, look how far we've come in 18 months this year. This time, five years ago, I think to the day, Wolves were losing 1-0 away at Gillingham in League One. I went there. It was great. But <laughs> the thing is, is if you're always going to use that as an excuse of, look where we are now, you could have done that when we were losing 1-0 away to Gillingham and going, well, at least it isn't like the 80s when we were in administration and it, it, literally days away from going out of business before Sir Jack came in. So I, I've seen so many people being slated online for saying that it isn't good enough because it isn't good enough. And then you get the mob out that say, and Nuno, we trust and all this sort of thing. And everyone backs the manager, but I think you can be pissed off that you have a performance like you do against Spurs and then a matter of days later at home, which is a fifth defeat in seven, is completely different. It's, um... Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's all about sort of context, really, isn't it? And it's the case of, yeah, it, obviously it's better than it was five years ago, but when you want to build a real team that can compete in Europe or compete for the title, you need to get rid of this mentality of thinking, oh, well, at least it's not always this bad, exactly. as in you need to set yourself higher standards, don't you? So I, c I can see it from both sides, really, in that case. And until you start setting yourselves really high standards, we're not going to be competing in the top six of the Premier League or in Europe. And, yeah, it's, it's one of these things. I think, yeah, after last night's performance particularly it just it, it's very hard to take the gloss off what happened at the weekend against Spurs because it was just an incredible incredible thing but last night the performance was so poor that it did in a way and that's that's the really disappointing thing about it is the fact we didn't turn up we couldn't break down a team that were very well organized fair play to them they pressed really well uh, but we couldn't even string a pass together and we couldn't clear our lines and we, we were warned about that within the first 10 minutes, the first 20 minutes, and it took until the 80th minute for the, them to actually break us through. But we'd had const, constant warnings throughout that game of what was going to happen, and eventually it happened, and yeah, it probably isn't good enough. But I, I second that, Jack. You're completely right. It's this Jekyll and Hyde Wolves. Who's coming, who's coming today? Are we getting the team that are going to piss Champions League quality off the park, or are we getting the lads that deserve to be playing in the Championship? Because what I watched last night was absolute shit. Worse than Cardiff, <laughs> worse than Huddersfield. Now, I'm not going to go all doom and gloom and say, oh, we're done. It was, it was, a, it was just a bad game because we know what we're capable of. But my God, it was awful. Like, more than bad. Like, Goldbridge, Partridge, Rant, bad. <laughs> it was... Jack's right, we couldn't string a pass together. We didn't look like having a threat at goal. When we did, we missed two headers. And that was the chance, really. Should have stuck that away. It, 
it was just a mismatch of everything that could possibly go wrong in a football game continually going wrong for 90 minutes and you can't do it we aren't going to go to Tottenham and win every year we aren't going to go to the Emirates to Old Trafford beat Chelsea that doesn't happen every year they're nice to have points you've got to set the foundation of beating the teams around you that's how you become successful Harry yeah I agree with that it's just it's such a strange season we're having like as we know we set up and try and play the same all the time it works against the big boys they come at us we're like a broken record saying this and teams that sit back we can't deal with now there's got to be changes there's got to be a change to the system slightly we've got to try and Nuno's brilliant Nuno's done so much for this club and I don't like slating him but he's got to take a little bit of blame that he isn't seeing the problem and changing it during the game that's what great managers do really top level managers change they react to what they're seeing change the formation and then we try and break down the team that are clearly keeping us out and it just wasn't I'd have took nil nil I'd have took nil nil like, I couldn't see a scoring I think he is top level Harry I just maybe he hasn't come up against maybe he hasn't come up against this sort of part, not part of the bus but defend for your lives English mentality of the Hodgson's Allardyce's Dyches Mourinho's <laughs> um, you know that <laughs> absolute sort of you ain't gonna score we might get one mentality and that's, that is what we're struggling with, really. It's weird, isn't it, Jack? Because at the beginning of the season, we were talking about things like he needs to change it, he needs a plan B, we don't think he's got one, he's sticking with the same players, it's not working. It's almost gone full circle, 180 degrees in the other direction now, is that we can't even pick what team he's going to start, who's going <laughs> to come in, who's going to be dropped to the oh. bench. But when we had that spell over Christmas, we thought when he sort of changed the midfield and started playing, bringing Sace in, we thought, okay, he's trying to adapt here. He's trying to change so we have a different way of playing when when it is a tighter a tighter game like that. But it's it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's just I just really it's really can't quite get it. It's kind of like a pundit's joke that oh, you know, Wolves love a big big occasion, but it just makes it all the more frustrating now. And to go into a game against a team you've already beaten away from home this season and not have a shot until the 93rd minute on target is not good enough. It's not good enough if we were if we were in 19th position in the league, especially not when we're, we're now pushing for potentially... After the Spurs game, we're all thinking, OK, we're in 7th now, we actually have got a shot at Europe. And the annoying thing is, if we do miss out on Europe this season, it's going to be our home form against teams down the bottom of the table that stops us doing it, not the points we've got against the, the decent teams who we would then be playing against in Europe, similar sort of level teams who would probably come at us and let us play. So I, I just don't know. I just I don't understand. This. It was obviously a, a bit of a joke at first whenever people were saying, oh, you know, they can't play, they can only play against the good teams, blah, 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 blah. But there, there is something there. And do you think it's down to players' mentality as well? Is, is there something in that? That they, you know, they want to play against Spurs, but they don't want to turn up on a Tuesday night against Palace or Wednesday night against Palace. Sorry. What is it? We cannot beat. We can't beat crap. From watching that game in the first half, Palace didn't do anything to. I don't think Palace are crap. I mean, they did beat Man City at Man City over Christmas. I don't no, think they're crap. Palace, one of the worst teams I've watched this year. That was they weren't good in that game. Like they didn't they do. Were, they, they were miles better than they us. They were better than us because <laughs> we were awful, but they didn't do a hell of a lot, really. Didn't create a chance properly until there was like a scramble in the box and then two minutes later Ayu scored. Here's Connor Cody. It's a really poor game from our point of view, I think. We didn't create much going forward, but we weren't as solid at the back either. So we've got to look at it. It's as simple as that. We had a good result on the weekend. We wanted to back it up today and we've not. So we need to improve. It's as simple as that. But I thought the game in general was pretty even up until the first goal and their first goal was a, a shot come across. So it's disappointing from our point of view. We've got to look at it and get better. What do you think about his game? Rather than his game, I disagree with his sentiments. I don't think it was a pretty even game. I thought the goal for Palace was coming ever since the first 10 minutes, as I said earlier, and I think they were by far the better team and looked like the only team we were going to score. Um, but then to single out Connor Cody, you know, nobody, nobody on that pitch got anywhere near a 5 out of 10. So it's hard to single out an individual player. I think, they're, to be fair, they're probably, the defence probably did all right to keep it nil-nil till 80 the 82nd minute with all the pressure we were trying to trying to soak up so but there was just nothing in the I think the, mid, the midfield was terrible I thought Bolly looked like he was pissed I don't know what, <laughs> what he was doing with, with, with some of his challenges like some of his challenges some of his trying to do clever turns some of his passing and then when he tries to head that ball in uh, off, off the free header off the corner with nobody within 10 yards of him and just fluffs it and that's after me giving him the man of the match performance on, uh, for the weekend so it's just absolutely bizarre. The midfield, I thought, were poor. I thought Martino was crap. Um, 
and it, yeah, it, it probably is the worst performance of the season. And we've had some disappointing days, as well as in contrast to the absolutely brilliant days and performances we've had. So it's just, it's a bizarre season, isn't it, really? And it's, you know, mid-table written all over it. But that's good. That's good. But Just a little pop quiz question. Bolly, Doherty and Sace, what did they have in common last night? They're all sh- <laughs> that, that's, yeah. no, not just those three. They completed less than half their passes. No, go on, Sam. Tell us. Oh, you got me. No, they're all wearing gloves. Oh, which I thought was strange because it really Doherty annoys me. Wearing gloves. Where, yeah, people he wear does. short sleeves and gloves. I don't get it because if you cold, be a, you cold, aren't you? Yeah, it must be a comfort thing. There's, there's so many bizarre things players do these days. We'll let them off with not wearing gloves. Oh, well, wearing gloves, sorry. <laughs> Maybe that was the reason. Um, but 100 yeah. appearances for Helder Costa now in a Wolves shirt, so that's a little bit of a silver lining. Uh, really? I didn't think he turned up last night. It's in no way a silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, was there a standout player for Wolves that didn't have a bad game? Uh, the only one I'd say, just for work rate, was Jimenez again. Apart from that, like you said, no one really deserved more than a five or a six out of ten. I'd, yeah, I'd agree. Jimenez looked like the only only person who actually gave a crap. Worst performance of the season? Uh, it's up there with Cardiff. Worse than Watford? It's up there with it's worse than Watford, yeah. and Cardiff. Worse than Watford. What, Watford, Watford are de- I think Watford are a decent team, really. So I think it's, it's worse than Watford. We had a Watford. go in the second half against Watford. Watford, Watford were just miles better than yeah, us. We never had a go last, against Palace. I think it's up there with, with with Huddersfield, Palace, Cardiff. Those those are the three worst performances of the season, I think. You can pick your own order, but yeah, Palace probably is probably at the top, actually, because that was just dire. Okay, and we'll move on now to the next game Wolves have, which is an FA Cup tie against Liverpool. It's at Molyneux. It's on a Monday night. It's on the BBC. It's very expensive to go. And your away perspective comes from Peter Phillips, at the cop table. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Not at all. Thanks very much, Sam. Uh, pleasure to talk to you. Now, it's a bit of a weird one. We'll take the Man City game out of the equation at the moment because obviously we don't know what's happening with that at time of recording. So we'll look ahead to the FA Cup tie. Third round tie. Still about 7,000 tickets to go on sale at Molyneux. It's quite an expensive one considering it's after Christmas, it's third round and that sort of thing. Do we expect to see changes? Because taking into account the League Cup tie against Chelsea, which Liverpool played, lots of changes there. Do you reckon he'll do the same for Wolves? Yeah, I'm expecting to to see um, a different lineup to what we're used to in the the, the the FA Cup game against Wolves. Obviously, as you mentioned, we play Manchester City this evening, so it's... <clears throat> Uh, before we've um, even got to, towards that game, we haven't got City out of the way yet. But I think um, a lot of it does depend on the the results against Manchester City tonight. Um, I think if if we get a good result and we go quite um, a few more points in front, then you'll see even more changes to what you'd expect is if we draw or. Um, lose the fixture tonight. So I, I expect to see a much changed line of probably someone like Mignolet is going to start the game and you'll have the likes of Moreno, possibly Klein, um, Fabinho and other players coming into the into the equation. So um, it'll be interesting to see what line of clock puts out. Do you expect to see minutes for Daniel Sturridge? Yeah, I'd expect to see um, Daniel Sturridge in that lineup as well. Possibly players like Naby Keita, um, Dave Rockerby is another one who could come into a te- into um, the equation so yeah it'd be interesting How seriously do you expect him to take the FA Cup this season bearing in mind he hasn't actually won a trophy yet and the Premier League looks like it's it's pretty much in the bag and the stats suggest that and I know you'll probably uh, maybe see that a little bit differently as a Liverpool fan but do you think it's an important role to play in terms of, of winning competitions because you know the double's on Yeah I think like you said but Jürgen Klopp has yet to under, um, under management at Liverpool so yeah it's still very important and I think he, he still will have one eye on that situation where obviously he's going full full pelt now for the Premier League and it could take a back step the, the FA Cup like I say depending on, on tonight's results and we've also got the Champions League as well coming up in, in February so he's, he's got a lot of balls to juggle if you like so uh, I just think this is the 
the third on the list, if you like, of um, priorities. So although he does still want to win the trophy, it's it's a little bit down the pecking order compared to to the other two, if you like. But I still do expect him to to field a strong lineup and a, and a team that's good enough to win the game. Um, I don't know what the situation would hold whether they're going to put the um, similar um, situation with them where they put a, a weakened team out, if you like. So um, I just think, yeah, we do want to win the game and Klopp does want a trophy, but it's just um, that little bit down the pecking order for, for us at the moment. Just lead us on then finally to a score prediction. Peter, what do you reckon? Um, I think it'll be it'll be a close game. I think it'll be one um, that won't be easy for Liverpool. I think uh, could possibly even go to to extra time. I don't know if it does it replay it or is it straight to penalties. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I can see it going to to extra time. And if it does go to to a penalty shootout, say so I, I think um, with the experience of Liverpool in previous penalty shootouts, we could possibly. Uh, prevail in one of them if it does come off perfect well best of bad luck uh, we'd like to progress um, but thanks for talking to the 77 Club brilliant thanks very much Sam the away perspective what have our opponents got to say it looks like changes will be made looks like it's going to be minutes for Daniel Sturridge they seem to do this in cup competitions if we go back to their actual loss against Chelsea in the League Cup early this season. You have Mignolet in goal, Klein at right back, Matip, Lovren, Moreno, Milner, Fabino, Keita, Shakiri, Daniel Sturridge and Sadio Mane started that game too. It's probably unlikely that he'll start against Wolves, but it will be a weakened side, but that doesn't mean that it's a weak side, Jack. No, it's going to be an interesting one, really, because um, it's. I'm also, you know, I honestly don't know what sort of team we're going to put out. Obviously, Nuno's been rotating it quite quite a lot lately. So you were thinking, particularly with the fact we've got, uh, you know, with the FA Cup, it's not like the League Cup where you have to play midweek. You, it, we are playing on Mon- a Monday night and we're going to have a few days rest. So it could theoretically be a strong team, but then I do think he's going to rotate it quite a bit as well. So I think there's going to could potentially be two sort of, not, not out and out B teams or reserve sides, but um, there's going to be minutes for players who have probably been sitting on the bench quite a lot lately. So you're probably looking at your Dendonkers, your Bonatinis potentially from our point of view. And similarly to Liverpool, players who are on the bench or on the fringes of getting into that uh, that uh, obviously brilliant team at the moment uh, are going to you know be trying to get on to make their impression. So I don't know, it's probably, it's going to be a lot flatter than the, uh, than the atmosphere for the... Um, for the league game, obviously, uh, just before Christmas. But, you know, it could have the potential of being being a decent match. and It's one that's really hard to call at this early stage, though. Harry, what would you do with that side? I would play the strongest side possible. I think I think they owe it to us after that poor result against Palace. I think there's a good chance to beat Liverpool with their mind on the title race. And we, let's face it, if we win like another three or four games, we're pretty much guaranteed safety. And what a great opportunity for us to have a good cup run and because you know we ain't got to worry about the relegation battle so I'd love to see us play a strong team perform as well as we can and get the fans back on side and try and push on again Bayliss do you think someone like Ruben Vinagre will come in at left wing back do you think Den Donker will get minutes under his belt as he is sort of quite far behind in terms of game time for the season behind everybody else and does Bonatini come into the side for Raul Jimenez yes on two of the three uh, I'd like to see more of Vinagro. I think he's a good player. I'd like to see more of Dendonka. Uh, Bonatini, I don't care. I I thought he <laughs> swept up grass at the, in the changing rooms now or something. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> one, one, one thing I will say on that is if Bonatini doesn't play against Liverpool in the Cup, then he might as well go, hadn't he? Yeah, That's he that, will go, yeah. I think. What's, what, what's, what's, the, what's the point in being here if um, we'll get a they're going to play Bonatini up front in, instead of you? And, you know, I think we'd still we'd still get five million quid for him because if a championship team thinks that he can score ten to twelve goals in the season in the championship, exactly. then that's still a decent bit of business. But if you know he's got to be so far down the pecking order if he doesn't start against Liverpool that he's got to be thinking himself like what what am I doing? How about Ryan Giles? Someone like him? Does he come into the side? Is he the potential to yeah. to fill one of those uh, uh, left wing back or right wing back? Wouldn't you be really disappointed if we went that yeah. week? Come on, we've got to we've got to have a go. I'd like us to name a really strong team and just rotate as we would normally, like a league game. Really, maybe you know, I, I wouldn't be averse to those players having a, a, a place on the bench. Maybe if you're going to properly rest other players and maybe featuring a little bit. But but put it this way: twenty seven pound for a ticket. 
it's on BBC. If I turned up there at Molyneux and he played like Giles and that and Ashley Seal, I would want. I'd be. I'd be fuming. So they can't go that weak, in my opinion. He's got to go strong. I'm not sure how strong he'll go. But to be honest, we don't really know our strongest team, do we? Do you, do you know our best eleven? Because I don't. No. So just go as strong as Nuno thinks he can, and let's have a bloody go at them, and hopefully uh, we can beat them. I mean, we're joking aside now, but we keep saying what we said on the first half of this podcast and many podcasts in the weeks before this, that we're good against playing the big teams. So maybe yeah. we can have a cup, a cup run where suddenly if, if we get drawn the nightmare run where we have to play Liverpool and then Man City and then Man United, but we could we know we can give them all a game. So maybe that's better than us going and having to play Gillingham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably get Blackpool at home now. And, and lose <laughs> but if, it, if there's ever this, this this season and as Harry said earlier what are we three wins probably off being safe yeah. so if we're not pushing for Europe we might as well push another cup run at the same time and and the only way you do that is by taking it seriously and the one thing we've got in our favour now is Liverpool are definitely for the first time in many years have got to have other things on their mind than the FA Cup yeah. when they've got a genuine chance of winning the league it's amazing though isn't it because wouldn't it be funny if we sealed survival and then won the FA Cup and got into Europe Oh, that'd be mad. Could happen. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. And then that would tick all of our boxes because we're always saying, um, eh, would you want to win a cup or would you want to get into Europe? And we, we could do both. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, the only one other question I would ask is, is Rui Patricio keeping his place, Harry? I think he should, but I honestly think he'll play Ruddy. Ruddy's been a true professional. You see all the clips of him high five in the players and all that. I think he deserves a, a start, even though that kind of contradicts what I said about playing the strongest team. But yeah, I think we will see John Ruddy in there. So this is the interesting question I always sort of think about. So it's it's the third round now. And let's say we start to bring in the fringe players and they do well and we suddenly find ourselves on the edge of a quarterfinal or a semi-final. When, or if slash when, do we suddenly say, no, we want to win this now and bring in our, what is our strongest team? Oh, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? So you'd upset a lot of players if that happens. <laughs> what? What is our strongest well, team? If, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if suddenly we find ourselves within, but if we suddenly we find ourselves in an FA Cup semi final against, I don't know, Arsenal, and the other semi final is uh, Chelsea against Crystal Palace, well, we think, hang on, we've got a genuine chance we could win this here out of those those three teams remaining. Do you suddenly say, right, no, Patricio, you're in goal now, even though Rudy's got us there? I think so. Mm, I think so. I would. We've got to get there first. Very true. <laughs> So we'll uh, we'll do a score prediction. What are you going for, Bayless? It's gonna be one all in in normal time, and we will qualify by some means. As long as it's not a draw, I think I'm okay. We don't want to replay, do we? But it, this honestly could go either way. It depends entirely on the team selections and who's who's more up for it on the night. Um, but probably a two-one away win, Harry. With the way both teams play, and I'm sure Liverpool will stick to the way they play, even if they do have a weak team, I think it'll be a high-scoring game, and I think we'll lose 3-2. Excellent, okay. Well, we'll move on now to your latest betting odds and Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Got a bit left field, but look at some strange odds that are floating about with our fans' partners over at fansbet.com. If you haven't done already, get yourself over there and have a look. There are some great little competitions going on with them too. We all did the fantasy league last weekend, gents. Sam won. I won money. Well, not the whole thing. How much but, you get? Yeah. I won forty pounds for coming one hundred and seventy seventh. There you go. Wow. Bloody hell. There you go. Seventy seven yeah. so as well. Last week, yeah. in the stars. For those that <laughs> missed it or didn't see it, they ran a one week fantasy league where you picked Premier League players, played one week of fantasy football, and then I think it was the top twenty percent. Was it went into the cash pot? The cash pot was fifty grand, and Sam, as you said, where did you come? One hundred and seventy seventh. And won yeah. 40 quid. So, 40 pound 90. There you go. So, the next one we do of those, please do keep an eye out. Get yourself signed up. Sign up already because you can play all the ones that they're putting on there all the time, not just the ones we're promoting. Um, plenty of fun to be had. But in terms of the odds I've got for this week's game, Wolves to win from going behind is 17 to 2. Another couple of odds I've got. Wolves to be drawing at half time and Wolves to win at full time. And there to be over two and a half goals in the game, 17 to 1. Pretty punchy. Mm. Yeah. And I think there are going to be goals in it. So, Not a bad one, not a bad one. And the only other one I picked out, I think Vinagra is going to get a start. And I like the way he gets down the wing. He's always good for possibly nipping up with a goal. 
First goal scorer, 32 to 1. Anytime goal scorer, 13 and a half to 1. Oh, anytime. That's worth it, I think. If you go looking for it, there's a bit of value out there. Uh, Jack Street, ticket news. So the Liverpool game, there's loads of tickets left for that. They have not sold as well as a lot of people were probably expecting at all. So there's thousands and thousands left for that. Um, I was just actually looking on Facebook and some uh, somebody's ran a poll on one of the Facebook groups asking why tickets haven't sold that well. And the top answer by a long way is just the price. They've just priced it wrong. So £27, uh, well, from £27 up to £35 for a, a Monday night game that's on TV. They've just not done very well. So I'd reckon what probably maybe like just over 20,000 probably be there on Monday night for that, mm. which, you know, is, is not very good given how well our tickets have been selling uh, selling recently. So, um, yeah, but there's plenty of opportunity to still get down there and availability if you've not been to a game yet. Uh, now is your chance. The 14th of January, the game away at Manchester City, which as it stands is a Monday night, depending on how the cup pans out. That's now sold out. The 19th of January, the home game against Leicester, which could actually be an interesting game in the race for seventh place there, depending on how uh, how we, we keep performing. They're on general sale as of Saturday. The 29th of January, so the home game against West Ham. That is actually a Tuesday night game again. So it's just me, all, all our midweek games at home. So it's just a really inconvenient. So we had an away midweek game yet? Because it's just it it just seems they all seem to be midweek and it's starting to do my head a little bit. Is it something like the second of March is our next Saturday three o'clock at home? I don't really think that's three o'clock. I think that might be an early kickoff as well. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. But um, Leicester's half twelve and that Cardiff game is the is the start of March. That might that might be the next three o'clock. Yeah, actually thinking about it, I'm not sure. Um, but so what was I saying West Ham at home 29th of January uh, Asante Alves and members as of Saturday there's good availability in the quadrant and temporary stand as it stands for that one and looking a bit further ahead to uh, the next away game after Man City that is Everton away allocation of 2,972 tickets for that that is a February the 2nd 3pm kickoff at Goodison Park on sale to gold away season ticket holders as of Saturday, silver away season ticket holders as of Wednesday the 9th of January, and on the loyalty points starting with those with a minimum of 1,080 as of the 12th of January. And I'm guessing those won't last very long. Perfect. That's your latest betting odds and tickets news. We will move on now to the January transfer window. Hi, I'm Steve Ball, and you're listening to the 77 Club. Well, Harry and I put out a video yesterday about... Tammy Abraham it looks like Chelsea don't actually want to sell him now and there are other factors that could have come into play as well but I just want to get your thoughts on Tammy Abraham starting with Jack and then we'll move on to Bayliss and then Harry will sort of do a recap of what we did in that video £18 million Jack he's English he's not young he's 21 he's played the majority of his career in the championship and been relegated from the Premier League do we need him? slightly weighted question there Yes, we need him because if he's going to get more minutes on the pitch than Bonatini and he's you know a striker who Nuno fancies, then yeah, why not? The one thing I like about that is, obviously, he scored a lot of goals for Villa. Villa fans really don't want him to come to us, so that's got that little Brucey bonus there. And if you think about £18 million, £18 million in today's market is not a lot of money particularly for an English striker. And even if he came to us, didn't do very well, there'd still be championship clubs probably willing to pay, what, £15 million, given his goal-scoring record in the championship. We've seen people like Jordan Rhodes go for stupid money and then then not perform. So I think even if we did take the risk on him at £18 million and it didn't work out, the resale value would offset a lot of that risk. So, yeah, I'd be quite happy for it to happen. I agree with pretty much everything Jack said there. I think he's an exciting young striker. He hasn't done that well in the Prem in the past, but he's on a bit of a learning curve. And he's clearly banging him in. And I'd just love to see a bit of a goal poacher come to Molyneux. He does tend to have a lot of chances to what he converts, but Andy Cole did that and he scored hundreds. Could you think of anyone more recent than Andy Cole? Uh, I'm thinking someone that's like within the last 20 years. <laughs> that had a lot of Carton Cole. <laughs> no, he, he just had lots of chances. <laughs> Andy Carroll was fairly similar, where he had a lot of chances, and but he, he Andy Carroll, you love you love Andy Carroll, don't you? You love Andy Carroll, by He has like a bank of footballers, don't you? Andy think, Cole, who else is think up of there? Uh, strikers Bully, that have to have a lot of chances before they score a goal. Tammy Abraham, Bonatini, Thomas Frankowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll move on to Harry. You, you want to see him in gold and black? Yeah, I do, but obviously the rumour is today that it's not happening, isn't it? But just to say, if it does happen, um, I would like him. I think he'd suit us well. He's good at holding the ball. He's a big lad. And I think he would uh, be a good backup for Jimenez. Whether he'd want to be backup, that's the question. I mean, you could argue he's more 
more lethal in front of goal than Jimenez but is he a better all-round player debatable probably not but yeah I'd love to see him in there I think he'd suit our system well and it, 18 million pound for a young English player in this day and age is a, a good price so but as Spears has been putting it down hasn't he he's been saying he can't play for, for more than three clubs or something so whether it happens we'll have to no, see apparently it's fine apparently because the because his Chelsea one was something to do with the community shield and that doesn't community shield particular type of game under the laws An official yeah. game was there another one's Chelsea saying that he's not for sale anyway we'll see you don't really know what to believe do you? there's so many different stories but yeah I'd love to see him in a wolf shirt but we'll see it is weird that he's gone back from Villa though do you think there's a chance that because we love a loan signing he might come on loan with an option yeah, to buy the just to get season, Premier League maybe. bigger price the only worry is is when he has played in the Prem under Swansea yes half his appearance are off from the bench he wasn't very good was he he only scored five goals but he's really good in the championship obviously but there's a big step up isn't there so that is a bit of a worry I will not believe that it's happening until Team Spears has gone to bed and said it definitely isn't happening so (laughs) (laughs) the thing that worries me is that we, we talk about things like oh he's a hot prospect he's English isn't that great oh he's only 18 million pounds think of the resale value I think Adama Traore falls completely into that category will we get money that we paid for him yes how many games was he given to quotes prove himself at this level and the amount of stick that he gets when he doesn't perform if Tammy Abraham joined and didn't score in his first five games I reckon most majority of fans are so fickle anyway is that they'll turn on him straight away because good English prospects and missing loads of sitters just don't go hand in hand for me anyway because you know, he's there to score goals. He's not going to be starting games. He's going to be coming off the bench. He made 30 appearances, and I think six of them were starts for Swansea, scoring five goals. They got relegated. He's playing the championship. This time last year, going into the new year, who was top of the goal scoring charts in the championship? Our mate, Bonatini. Leo Bonatini, right, exactly. So, based on that, We've already got Tammy Abraham, he's just Brazilian and he's sitting on the bench at the moment. We'll move on to other areas of the January transfer window though. Are there places that you'd want to strengthen Harry and if so, who would be dropped? Well, with, if House has House gone to Villa? Has that gone through? It's gone through yet, but it's happening, isn't it? Well, if he goes, obviously a defender, Pepe's been rumoured, but he must have a Zimmer frame now he's that old, so I don't know about <laughs> that one. So maybe another defender... Um, well obviously we've got on about the strikers I know Jermaine Defoe went to Rangers hasn't he today so mm. a lot of fans were calling to have him for his goal scoring I don't know whether he'd have fitted our system well but nah. uh, no so yeah I don't really know to be honest I'd probably defender and a striker that's the two main ones isn't it and is that a striker to start or a striker to come off back up yeah it's got to be back up because Jimenez for, he can be frustrating in front of goal but you can't argue with his contribution this year and his all round play so it'd be harsh to drop him can I push you for a name <laughs> Tammy Abraham (laughs) (laughs) incorrect answer minus points (laughs) obviously the one that we were all talking about in the group was Mitrovic would be Ah, obviously he would come with the uh, sort of on the deal it would be first team football I imagine Jack is there anyone any area of the pitch that you think maybe needs a little bit more competition I'm thinking right wing back just off the top of my head that there isn't quite that competition that you've you haven't got someone like Vinagre at your heels no that's very true but then I think sort of the three wing backs we have probably cover those two positions so I don't think it'd be nice to have a bit of competition but I don't think it's essential I mean the other area you could look at is with the wingers have been very hot and cold lately and with if Jota's we don't know what's going on with Jota's injury do we because we thought he was going to be mm. back immediately now he's, it's been a few weeks and he's not back so you know again if we're going to strengthen we could look to strengthen the wing department with how hot and cold people like Costa and Traore have been have been of late if Jotter is going to be out for a, a, a lengthy amount of time it's a problem we're having so many attackers that are impact players <laughs> because <laughs> you know I can't see any, any of those front apart from the apart from Jimenez that can complete 90 minutes comfortably at this level Bayliss move on to you uh, the only one that you guys have commented on is the Mitrovic one I don't think we could sign him because Cody would be too scared to turn up to training (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he would be fantastic for the club Um, just a big dirty striker that's all I want someone holds the ball up and loves scoring goals Mitrovic is great at it Diego Costa is like the pinnacle of it Um, but that sort of ilk anything around there someone that's just going to come and bang some goals in Billy Sharp (laughs) oh god (laughs) You know, he's second top scorer in the championship. Come on, give him a break. To be honest, on that video that me and Harry did, I mentioned Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez. I like those as players. Dwight Gale wouldn't do it for me. 
No, we've had Dwight Graham before, haven't we, a few times? Have we? No, but he's like he was linked with us really heavily, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, he's again one of those players like in the Championship that you know bangs them in the Championship and then struggles in the Premier League. So we should be setting our sights higher than that, really. Ideally, we should be looking at someone who's going to compete with Jimenez. Yeah, we we play a better quality of football than the Albion, don't we? I agree with that. Of course, Rodriguez not for me either, but no. I don't know. That's my opinion. What's Leon Clark doing? So <laughs> <laughs> anymore. If we move on to questions, Harry. Yeah. Questions from our lovely listeners. We've got there's a few on Facebook. Yeah, there was one on Twitter from Josh Ladd, but he just said thoughts on Tammy Abraham, so we leave that one. Right, so Dan Mitchell with a very big one uh, question. <laughs> that is <laughs> question. <laughs> he said, uh, "Did you think Vinagre would have been a good option off the bench? Attack seems to stop dead in their tracks when it got to Johnny last night. He didn't have the pace to take on the fullback. Also, I thought we dominated in the middle of the park. Was Nuno right to swap both centimeters? I thought Dendonka and Nevers were quality against Spurs. Matuidi has been great." Uh, blah de blah yeah so do you agree with that do you think he should have uh, kept the same centre midfielders and do you think Vinagro should start instead of Johnny I'll open it up to Jack first I don't think Vinagro should start instead of Johnny but yeah it might have been an idea to bring him on last night potentially yes and yeah it's 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 always easy with hindsight isn't it but obviously the rotating the midfielders looked like it was working but then obviously when you have a terrible result like that and you you drop Neves and, and Dendonka who did so well against Spurs it's obviously going to ask questions in it but yeah, I think, to be honest, we probably did look like we were playing a little bit better after Neves came on, to be honest. And like I said earlier, I thought Martini had a very poor game by his standards. So, Bayless? Bit of a difficult one, isn't it? I I like Johnny. I like what he does. But he did look a bit knackered last night. So maybe it's time to mix it up a little bit. I think Vinagre's going to get his shot, isn't he, against Liverpool in the Cup. So it'd be nice to see what he can do when he's got the opportunity to have a go against a team that aren't probably going to be top, top level. And just just see if he can see if he can change a game. See if he's got the quality to get the ball at his feet and and scare the opponent. I thought uh, Vanagro was good while Johnny was injured as well, so I wouldn't mind Vanagro being in there. Anyway, uh, next one, Marcy. Should Amelia never go to a Wolves game again? Jackie put no, so no. she's a bad omen. No. <laughs> After that, Matthew Harris. Do you still trust in Nuno? He has gone from the same start at 11 for the first 10 games or so to now making at least two or three changes every game regardless of the result. Surely even the players must be thinking what have I got to do to stay in the start in 11? <sighs> Bloody hell fiery. That's one hell of a question. <laughs> there's two sides to that though, isn't it? Because it, there's what have I got to do and it, it doesn't really matter what I do. That's what it seems to be because you could have the game of your life you'd be dropped or have a terrible game and keep your place. Yeah, but to be to defend Nuno, it's a bit of congested, congestion in fixtures so there was always going to be changes but... I can see, yeah, he has got a good point, to be fair. Um, what do you think, yeah. Jack? Just singling out two players that we've mentioned, obviously, just just and recently, Asais and Vinagra. I think they've both done very well recently, and in recent weeks, it was very harsh on them to be dropped, yeah? Particularly when Vinagra was dropped as soon as, as soon as bloody Johnny could walk after his injury again. He was out of the team, wasn't he? So- then again, Jack, on the flip of that, you don't think I don't think a player should think his position's safe. I know that you're saying if they're playing well, they deserve to play again. But a lot happens in between the 90 minutes that we get to watch on a Saturday or whatever day Sky Sports choose it to be on. A, a yep, lot happens. True. And I think Nuno's probably picking them over a week, not on the terms of a 90 minutes. Yeah, that's fair. I think we all still trust in Nuno, don't we? Oh, yeah. I think it's a bit harsh. Yeah, of course. To, yes. that, that's uh, not in doubt for what he's done for us and how good we've been in the, in the bigger picture with bloody ninth in the league, for God's sake. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Sam, do you want to say anything about that? Uh, I, uh, yeah, you got to trust in Nuno. I think, to be honest, when you look on social media, it's just people fishing anyway. So I think if you mm. were, if they were honest about it and, and you took their need to be recognised on social media away, then they would say exactly the same thing. Yeah, a couple of questions left. Jamie Walters, I'd be surprised if Costa, Cav and Jara are still here next season if Nuno is looking to take us to the next level. I imagine one will go. Who, if any of those three, would you sell to help fund the next big signing? So, Kastakov and Jota, who would you wouldn't mind see going out of those three? As long as it's not Jota, either of the other two, to be honest. But based on recent Ooh. performances, probably Costa. It's like asking who your favourite child is, isn't it? I can't uh, pick. What about you two, Sam? Dan? I haven't got any children, mate. Costa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Costa, yeah. What about you, Bayless? Out the three. Do you know what? I'm going to say Cav because. Sometimes Costa might have been a little bit off the boil, but he started to come back into it now. 
it's a really hard decision, as you said. And if you've got to pick one, I personally think Costa can change a game. Cavs a bit more safe. And the way we've been playing recently, mm. I want players that are going to do something special to get us the points. Uh, last question from Tim Jackson. This is pretty much what Jack was saying a minute ago. Uh, do you think we should be looking for prolific wingers rather than a striker in the, in the transfer window? Ooh, that's a difficult one. As in wingers that are going to score more goals? Because obviously the goals haven't been coming from our wingers, have they really? Who would you say is a prolific winger? Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably take Hazard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd take Hazard. Mate, a good point though. Do we try and get wingers that are going to be more of a threat and get more goals because Jimenez obviously is good <laughs> all around imagine that but... Hazard who's just started home shopping in Madrid looking for houses like no nah, mate you're off down pen bad luck <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good point yeah maybe one maybe one striker and another winger like Jack said if uh, Jota's injured I'd be very surprised if we make more than two signings in this window I think it might just be one to be honest Jib, with you and probably either one or two I'd be very surprised if we make more than that perfect okay we'll move on to this Harry's <laughs> funny story quick uh, story this week now True Ro- True Row City have you ever heard of them I have T-R-U-R-O City so they play Torquay and the attendance was 2,812 oh, with Torquay bringing 2,760 fans. <laughs> what? But so that is... <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of context to that story is that Truro are ground sharing with Torquay. So yeah, at the moment, so, whilst um, the stadium of Cornwall is being built, Truro are playing at Playmore, which is obviously... So there was, yeah, yeah. 52 Truro fans were there. It's a great effort. <laughs> Do you know they went absolutely about, mental when they scored, apparently. It's about a two-hour drive, isn't it, from Truro? It's like the arse end of nowhere, pretty much. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing around there, is there? <laughs> yeah, just uh, Torquay did win that game 4-2, by the way. So I'm looking to those 52 fans. And also, very quickly, if I can get your um, thoughts on half-and-half half shirts... What do we think of that? Because there was a picture taken at the Manchester United-Newcastle game where two boys had half-and-half half shirts on. What do we think of that? Start with you, Just Harry. about apt to people who support Man United and to a part Newcastle. Mm. For them, great. They're not Man United fans aren't real football fans, are they? You know a couple, don't you, Harry? So. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I think it's just like the half-and-half half scarce. It makes me feel a little bit sick, but... Some Manu fans, the amount of Manu fans I know that support Kiddy Arias as well. They've had about four teams, so we'll let the Manu fans have them, and then everyone else can just uh, carry on criticising half and half shirts and scarves. To be fair, I think Baelish, you, you've got a split personality. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a hell of a lot better than a split scarf or shirt. Uh, Jack, as you're a, you're a big advocate of the half and half scarf, as you own one, what do you think of the mm. half and well, half shirt? Well. Well, I'll tell you, right, we'll go into Jack's wardrobe of half and half scarves. I own one from when we played Bohemians in the pre-season friendly in about 2010 because I went to that game. Mm-hmm. And also I did wear one the other day because it's the only scarf I could find, which was my nephew's from the pre-season game against Villarreal. But that's just for coldness. Usually I'm not a big, um, I'm not a big fan, but when needs must and it's cold, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> Okay, Uh, we'll move on now to the 77 Club Quiz. Magic mirror on the wall, who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. So the quiz this week comes from Jack, so I'll pass it on to Jack. Right then, so it's quite a straightforward one this week, really. Um, if it goes anything like this podcast has gone so far, it's going to be an absolute car crash. But <laughs> I have 12 questions in front of me, and they're all based around Wolves' performance in the FA Cup. Quite simple. I need an order off you. Uh, they're numbered 1 to 12. We'll go down the list. Most at the end wins. And I have actually have got a tiebreaker if needs be. So can I have a, an order, please? I'll go first. Harry. I'll go second. Sam. Dan. They should start off easy and get harder, as they always do with my quizzes. So the first <laughs> first one for you here, Harry. No pressure. 
how many times have Wolves won the FA Cup? I know uh, that. Me. <laughs> I'm going to go with three. Four. I believe it's four. Four. All right. oh. I, I thought this would be a car crash. Yes, it was four. Yes. Damn. That's just all our credibility gone. Brilliant. Sam, your question. Who knocked Wolves out of the FA Cup last season? Uh, oh, I know that as well. Uh, Swansea City. That is correct, Sam. Well done. Yeah, in a replay, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes. So, one point to Sam there. Next question for Dan. Can you tell me who played in the 1732 Cup final, please? There wasn't one. In relation to Sam's question, who knocked us out of the FA Cup the season before that? So, in the 1617 season? Chelsea. Oh, it was Chelsea. You like the question? Very Dan? good. Well done. I got stitched up there. Very, very well done. You got stitched up by asking how many times your teams <laughs> won the FA Cup <laughs> <laughs> on FA Cup weekend. <laughs> so it's a toughie. Spell FA. <laughs> <laughs> um, right then. Next question here. Testing your history, Harry. This is going to bode well. In which year did Wolves last win the FA Cup? Oh, I know that too. 1958 yeah, It is 1960 I'd say 60. <laughs> Harry, Harry's having a mare here because <laughs> we literally had that on the podcast a few weeks ago um, <laughs> Okay Sam next question for you in that game who do we beat? Oh I reckon I know Uh-oh. this <laughs> <laughs> I've got a guess here <laughs> I know I know no, what it let, is I think I know what it is it's go on. it begins with a B and I'm just trying to remember because we I think it's Bolton I think it's Blackburn Jack it I is it Blackburn, Blackburn yeah. <laughs> damn it yeah 3-0 yeah. well that's interesting Dan because your next question is what was the score in that 3-0. game 3-0 <laughs> it was 3-0 Daniel <laughs> well done for predicting the question that came <laughs> So, all to play for here. Dan, he's actually got... I don't know what's going on here. FA Cup weekend. It must be Dan's specialist subjects, but he's got both his questions right so far. Sam has won, and Harry needs to hang his head in shame at the halfway point. So, back round to Harry. In our season in League One, we entered the FA Cup at the first round stage for the first time in many years. We lost in the first round after a replay against which club? That's hard. Gillingham. It's not Gillingham. Does anybody no, know? that one. Luton. Uh, no. No, it's Oldham Athletic, actually. Ooh. I went to the first one. It was a draw. Terrible game. Anyway. <laughs> so, next question for Sam. So, which non-league club knocked Wolves out of the FA Cup in 2013? Oh, it's easy. Ooh. 20... Piece of piss. Uh, that's Luton, isn't it? That is Luton. Yeah. Yes. Well I was done. trying to say really quiet. <laughs> Walter Zenger's last I'm gonna game. I'm going to be quiet now because I think you know Stahl Saulbacken's last game. Yeah. Saulbacken's last game. To be fair, Dan, if you stop trying to jump in every time you know answer because you're giving it away a bit, aren't you? Um, Dan, Wolves beat Liverpool 2-1 at Anfield in 2017. Richard Stearman scored the first goal. Who scored the second? Andreas Weiman. Took it around the keeper, tapped it in. Correct, well done. Dan's got a 100% record here. I have been stitched on this quiz. You pick the order, mate. You pick the order. You don't change the order. (laughs) These ones are getting a little bit harder now, but Harry, for some pride, your last question is, who knocked Wolves out of the 2006-2007 FA Cup by beating us 3-0 at Molyneux? West Bromwich Albion. That is correct. Well done, Harry. Very good. Saves face a little bit there. So still a bit to play for between Sam and Dan. Next question for Sam. Wolves reached the quarterfinal of the FA Cup back in 2003. You might remember some great games there against particularly Newcastle. I remember this. Who knocked us out that year? Arsenal. No. Can I guess? You can guess, Harry, if you want. Southampton away. It is Southampton away. 3-0, was it? Away at Southampton? I remember watching that at Tim. It was 2-0, I think, off the top of It was 2-0. Anyway, yeah, amazingly, Dan has actually won the quiz, but for 100% record, which has never happened in Dan's quizzes ever before, I don't think. Nope. <laughs> Wolves reached the FA Cup semi-final in 1998 when we lost to Arsenal. What was the score? <laughs> I think it was 1-0. Yeah. Full house for Daniel. Full house. 
Perfect. Okay. Well, that brings an end to the 77 Club quiz. Base was the winner this week. Harry takes the points. And uh, we're obviously talking about bungee jumps, Bayless. Have you booked that yet? I am in the process of booking it. Yeah, I've been quite busy today, but I'm going to book it in the morning when I'm in the office. In the process, uh, a bit busy. You've had it a year now. How busy have you been? Oh, right. Perfect. Well, your pundits this week have been Harry Mansell. Yes, Harry. Bye, Wolves fans. <laughs> Dan Bayless. <laughs> goodbye, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Happy Cup weekend. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.